interesting. Yeah, why not? Well, hello, and I think we are now live broadcasting. It's myself and Natalie Van Ex. I have been practicing her name um, in the green room. So she said, you, if you speak it like you spell it B-A-N-E-X, that's how you say it. Hello, Natalie. Hello, and hopefully shortly we'll be um, live streaming on to Facebook. Last week there was a little bit of a hitch. It was a technical hitch from Facebook, not from us. I My tech ability is not great, but I like to say that wasn't down to me. That was down to them. Oh, I think it was down to the interaction between Crowdcast and Facebook. And so I reported it as an incident and they said, oh, yes, it wasn't you. Yay. <laughs> done anything wrong so you'll see guys that um well i've got a new super duper setup already so i've got my headphones on because the super duper setup hasn't actually quite worked out how to do it without the headphones so i do apologize it looked like a, a bit like an animated creature today look like a bunny but um we're all learning and uh, we're getting there so um Hopefully the live stream will be working on Facebook shortly and then I'll be able to see it and I'll be able to see the questions as they come up. Um, and um, but if not, we'll have all the questions from people on Crowdcast. And um, we've got some questions already. And if you are on with us and I know that we've got quite a few people here already, if you want to put a question in the box at the bottom that says ask a question, then when we get towards about quarter to two, um, I'll flip those questions up and we'll start asking them of Natalie. So I haven't seen it come up on um, crowd on Facebook yet, but I'm sure it will. And um, we'll see it when it comes when it comes up. So, um, yeah. But as I say, if it doesn't work again, then we will simply just post it up as a video and you'll be watching us on catch up. So we're like the BBC and ITV player. <laughs> so welcome, Natalie. And this is our fourth um, live session. Thank you, Vincent, for saying it's much clearer and better. I've got the fancy Logitech camera going and I've got the super duper. I can't show you. Oh, I might be able to show you. I'll do that in a little while. Don't want to upset the camera angle. Um, the new super duper um, hard drive working as well so that means that everything is faster and clearer and we are hopefully looking a little bit more uh, organized but this is as i say the fourth of our um lives on crowdcast during isolation and we have natalie with us and natalie is the director of kent creative as i say and the person who initiated the kent creative social journal project which i noticed quite quickly um in about the first week of isolation and and i was like i love a journal i love a journal and haven't been doing any art for a while because obviously i'm on the other side i'm kind of on the other side of the camera now i help artists become successful i give them the tricks and the hints and the tools of the trade so that they don't have to um, conform to the age old myth of a starving artist. We don't need to be starving artists anymore. There's no, absolutely no reason to be a starving artist. We can all be quite well fed artists these days. <laughs> that is a, a myth that we don't need to adhere to. So I spend a lot of time helping people um, one-to-one and in groups and um, via my online training to help people get themselves in a position where they can be as successful as they want to be because it is a very personal journey everything's a very personal journey so yes yeah, so i'm on the other side of the the screen really now helping people be successful artists because i've done uh, i've been an artist and i've run a gallery and i've had um a career professional career so I was really stimulated by this this opportunity I had to reconnect to my artistic self. And I absolutely loved the concept of art in a journal because it helps us, especially during a time when our normal routine had been completely turned on its head. It helps us with putting that routine in so much so. I hate to say this. I've got this is two of at least four journals I've got going now which is quite embarrassing yeah yeah <laughs> i've 
got, I am going to be, I'm going to make a journal. I've decided. I think one of the next things I'm going to design is a journal because <laughs> I've got the lovely orange one that um, Gemini Print gave me. I've got the Beverly Hills Hotel one that I picked up when we were in LA at Christmas. That the Gemini print one, I'm doing two sided. So I'm doing one lot of stuff on one side and then I've turned it upside down and I'm doing other things in the back. I've got um, two more in the house. It's embarrassing. I've got journal mad, but they do help you have a structure to your day. So my green journal is for my meditation practice, which I do in the morning and the evening. And my orange journal is my daily journal where I record everything that's happened for the day. So I do that in the evening as well. And that's my thing to stop me working. And then I have, um, as I say, another two journals. One is very much more collage and art response. And then the other one is, um, it's not really a journal. It's more of a sketchbook, um, watercolor paper that I'm now experimenting again with watercolour and drawing, etc. So that one's private. No one's going to see that one. So welcome, Natalie. Do Could you tell us, because I'm intrigued, is this the first journal you've done or is this something that you are habitually doing? Um, what's, what, what, what stimulated the journal? Where does the journal come from? The actual journal idea was... Um... It probably started about five years ago. Uh, a very good friend of mine, Julie Holder, who's an artist, we went together to Paris. I'm from Paris. And uh, we spent a week in Paris and she's been doing some kind of journaling for a while. And so every day, at the end of the day, she would you know, write down, put some sketches, collage, I think, in her, in her journal. And I did it with her and that got me a bit hooked. And I don't do that. <laughs> regularly at all but i've done several and it's either because of um, a special moment in my life that i need to do something about and uh, that's where journals is becoming a very personal thing you can express things without the pressure of showing it uh, publicly or putting it on a piece of artwork that is going to be exhibited there is no pressure at all from it just something i put in the journal I might keep it for myself, I might show it, I don't know. Uh, and it's also to make notes of visual things, because when we were together in Paris, we went to exhibitions, we walked around Paris and saw so many things, we wanted to remember them. So it was also a way of making notes of what the day was like, things we liked, exhibitions we liked. So we picked up all sorts of leaflets and things from the various places we went to and put them all down, adding our own things drawings, notes, things. And I really like the idea. And, and since then, I've, I've made some, in some difficult times, we all need to do that. So when my father became ill and died, I had the journal to express all of that. That's this one. So I'm not showing it, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's your private journal. Exactly. And I like going back to it and it shows all the things I was feeling at the time and they're here. So it's a little box, you know, it's, it's, and then but I also did some when I went on, on um, in, you know, traveling. So this is one I made when I went to Iceland and I bought it over there. It had to come from Iceland. So the label here is the price in, in whatever Icelandic uh, currency is. Uh, Northern Line, because I didn't see them. So I had to... Uh, I, I went to Iceland um, with the children in search of Santa ah, <laughs> many years ago. It? Well, we did find Santa, yes. And we found many other mm. things as well. And I really wanted to see the Northern Lights and I didn't get that yeah. privilege to yeah. see them while I was there. What I um, The thing that resonated with me very much when you were just saying that is... Um, the thing about uh, keeping a journal of a precious time, like the, mm -hmm. like you say, when your father was passing away. And um, because it's such a highly emotional time, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, when you're experiencing losing someone who's so, so precious to you. And to have that, I, I feel sad now that I didn't keep a journal mm -hmm. because um, that wasn't something that I knew that I could, you know, I didn't, it wasn't a thought that I knew that I could do. Um, 
but as you say, you can go back to it. You don't have to show it to anyone. It doesn't have to be a public thing. You can do it. You can make it. It's very personal. And if you do decide to reveal it to people in the future, that's completely your choice. Yes. I have revealed some. I just blurred some part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is fine. But after that, I started doing it completely differently. And I would keep a journal following my visits to exhibitions. And that is where I really started um, doing more and more of it. So I would go to a museum um, and again, pick up flyers and pictures. And once I was back at home, I would spend the whole evening putting down all the things that I liked, things I would get inspiration from. And that is part of the journal that I'm, I'm putting some of this on the, the actual the, the, the group we're having at the moment to get inspiration from other artists and exhibitions. And we can't go to museums at the moment. So, you know, there are lots of virtual exhibitions you can go to or simply books you have in your home. And it's immersing myself in an artist's work, career, whatever, visually, and let my brain pick up the things I like, I could transpose in my own journal as a note. As it's for me to remember different visual things I can use in my own practice. So that's really, interesting. really good exercise. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's about trusting the process, isn't it? And letting our brain do. We think we have to work so hard, um, whoever we are, whether we're artists, creatives, whatever. We think that to be successful, we have to work really hard at it. But actually, we have this amazing, really powerful operating system of a brain. And if we feed it with ideas and pictures and meditation and um, time if we feed it like we do our body if we feed our brain and then just trust the process and give it time it will do a lot of that work for us because when we challenge it we say we we are now seeking something we need something and you give and you give space your brain will go oh hello I've got this massive filing system now. And that's another great thing with journals because they're a bit like the vision postcards that we were doing um, earlier, uh, earlier in the um, series. We were talking about vision postcards and sending a visionary postcard to your future self that you create an image of what you want in your future and then you just post it out there. Just leave it around. And that's what a, a great thing for a journal is that you... Um, I'm finding that with my journal is that now we're five weeks in, especially the one where I'm just recording who I speak to every day, um, what my word, I have a word of the day. And I was talking to um, Edith, who is now watching, hi Edith, um, earlier, and we were saying this, this process of isolation is definitely an ebb and a flow. It's not a linear process. Sometimes you feel up and positive and then sometimes you feel down and frustrated. Sometimes you feel sad. And the great thing I found with my journal is I've recorded the times when I felt frustrated and sad, but I've also recorded, obviously, the times when I felt very happy, very positive, very uplifted. And I've been able to go back to the day, flip through the journal, go back to the day and think, oh, there are the things, the people I spoke to on that day. These are the things I did that day. Right. Tomorrow's a new day. Reset. We don't have to carry today into tomorrow. I'm going to do some of those things that made me feel happy and uplifted. And um, tomorrow I'm going to reset the reset button, start again. And the journal has been really helpful for that. It's been really useful. It's not even, yes, that's a big part of it. But you see, I look at each journal in a completely different way, and I don't do them all for the same reasons. No. But artistically or creatively, uh, we, don't, we don't often have very original ideas. All our ideas come from things we look at, things we like, because that's our culture and experiences over our entire lives. And artistically, I think you learn a lot if you just copy. You copy and you make it your own and you so that's what i do in this journal we are doing at the moment and you remember things better if you draw them and if you keep a record of them in your own personal notebook so that's a notebook after you know a few weeks doing it it's a compilation of all the things that popped in your brain as a result of 
increasing your own culture based on what other artists have done before you. That's and funny, you isn't it? I, ju I just wrote down, I mean, absolutely, nothing's new. Doesn't matter whether you, uh, wherever you look, we're, we're all re redoing something. There's no new ideas. We're just interpreting an idea in our own original way. We're taking out what's gone before and reinterpreting that. And um, like children, how children learn when they, they're told to write things down 10 times. And when you're studying to learn something, you write it, they say, read it, write it, record it. And that's a great thing that the journal can help you with, um, is to read, write, remember, draw. Um, some people find drawing more difficult. So writing or recording, I personally, I like to take photographs. So taking photographs of things. Yeah, that's, that's another interesting point. Uh, photo, if you want to remember something, I really believe, and that's, lots of people are afraid of drawing because they say, I can't draw. But no, I can't draw very much or very well either, but that's just a matter of practice. But if you sit in front of something and spend some time drawing and you have to pay attention to every detail, you will remember it better than if you take a quick snap in two seconds and then walk away. Absolutely. And also, instead of trying to draw very realistically something mm. in a notebook where you can cut things out of magazine and things to put things together on a page and you will still be able to remember remembering something without having to struggle drawing it mm. uh, and it's the combination of all this that i enjoy in the process and that's why i want to encourage other people to do it through the, the group and you can tell all the different things people have shared so far are just completely different yeah and so you you it is for, i fast i'm fascinated watching you know i haven't posted very much up um because mine has become more of a diet yet I'm, I love the power of yet. That is Carol Dweck, isn't it? The power of yet. Mm. <coughs> we can't do anything yet. Um, but if we practice and we try, we'll be able to do it. So there's nothing that we can't do. It's just we can't do it yet. And um, she's done a whole thesis and PhD on that. Oh, dear. I had my PhD um, gene twitched this morning by Linda Salway. I'm she's a very naughty girl and you can all have a go at her uh, not really because I love her dearly but um, she posted up an opportunity for um, a potential PhD in association with the towner I keep saying isolation's not the time to start a PhD but when you see the perfect PhD for you what do you what do you do it's an I'm now in a crisis because now I'm thinking it's working with their collection. It's about females. Like my whole thesis was about um, progression for females within the creative industry. <gasps> I mean, I'm having a trauma. I'm going to have to get well into my meditation and my journaling tonight <laughs> to try and distract myself from writing the proposal to do the PhD. Because otherwise, yeah, now's not the time to start a PhD. But I don't know whether my brain really believes me and I know my husband will be watching this so he might have to persuade me that now's not the time to do a PhD but it looks really interesting so yes all of these things come up now you you were suggested to me a couple of people that we might invite up on screen today and um the first one is uh, there is <laughs> the first one is Nicole Brown, who I'm going to invite up onto the screen now, who's just said there's That's never nice. a good time <laughs> to do a PhD. Oh, are you sure, Nicole? Are you are you sure? You come and talk to me about that one, honey. <laughs> I've just invited you up on screen. So you come and you come and talk to me about that. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So this is Nicole Brown, and um, I don't personally know Nicole, but uh, Natalie has asked me to invite you up on screen, and then we were just talking about this PhD, and you just said there is never a good time for a PhD. So tell me about that. What are your personal uh, experiences? Yeah, so I have literally just finished in January with my PhD. And have you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, that there is never a good time. There is always, you know, there's always going to be something that's difficult in life. In this case, yes, it's COVID. 
Um, in other cases, it may be because your child is too small because they need you too much. At other times, it may be well, actually your daughter has got you know their own child you want to be around for the grandchildren. So what I'm trying to say is there is never a good, good time. time. <laughs> <laughs> did you do a quick question, um, personal question? Did yeah. you do it full time or part time? Um, I did it part time. I was part -time. working, and and I had childcare duties to 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 you know, and family commitments to fit in. And what was your PhD in? Well, um, you can see in the background um, a, a research poster that is one of the re that's one of research posters that comes out of the research, and that was it was about the experience of fibromyalgia. Uh, and um, academic identity. So fibromyalgia is a condition which is very similar to chronic fatigue, but it also has widespread pain, psychological dysfunction, sleep disturbances. So it's quite a complex condition. And it's not something that you can identify through the blood. So there is no specific test. So it's quite contested. And often people are slapped with the label simply because there is nothing else that we can give them as a label. Um, and one of the things that was of interest for me in particular was um, one of the problems of fibromyalgia or one of the symptoms is that people get cognitive dysfunctions. So yeah. suddenly their brains don't work, they get brain fog, they have problems retrieving words, they get problems sequencing things. Um, so for example, you would put, um, you would brush your teeth and then put the toothpaste on the brush. Wow. So it's, it's really strange. And obviously what's interesting here is, you know, you've got a, a, a condition that means your brain is kind of getting a bit weird at times. And yet in academia, in higher education, you're supposed to be working with your brain all of the time and your brain is supposed to be switched on and you're supposed to be clever so i was interested in how do people make sense of that and this is where kind of my connection with natalie comes in because i found that a lot of um, the participants that i was working with were you know anyone who's got fibromyalgia people were struggling to express what it feels like to have it so they started using metaphors to kind of try and explain their experiences. And I then approached Natalie, who I've known, you know, personally as a personal friend. And I said, look, I need some way of expressing and also giving other people the tools to express what they feel, because the words just aren't good enough. I mean, we just have to take the example of a headache. I mean, the headache after a hangover is not the same kind of headache that you get when you've got a migraine or the headache you get when you have a fever. So trying to say, well, I've got a headache is very sort of lame, really. It's empty. It doesn't mean much. So in order to kind of explain these things, yes, people can use things like pulsating, firing, stabbing. But again, they, all of those things mean something that is perhaps not accurate enough. And at the same time, some experiences like the brain fog, for example, that's something that's really difficult to explain because you don't even you don't even have a word for it. it you know, I can't convey the experience. I can only try and describe it. And this is where the kind of the element of the arts comes in, because the arts have got a way of of, of evoking feelings and at the same time expressing them. So for the people that are participants, through the arts, they were able to express their experiences. And for me, as a, as a researcher, through the arts, I'm able to actually convey the experiences to others. So my kind of approach to journaling is not so much, you know, what you were talking about. You know, yes, it is in a way trying to, you know, like keep hold of the precious thoughts and, 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 and ideas. But it's not necessarily my precious thoughts. It may be the precious thoughts of my research participants. Or, you know, you're saying that, for example, you were talking both of you about how you have to work hard at creativity and that, you know, to try and kind of get inspiration and that just letting go and letting you, you know, letting basically going with the flow allows you to develop your artistic creativity. Well, in a way, that's the same for me when I have a conversation with somebody and they tell me about their experiences, it affects me. And that kind of effect, that emotion, that experience that I then experience, I can then try to put into some other form of communication so that when I show that to people, they will understand. So I've got one example 
um, if I just want to show that show that in the camera, I have put that up on on my Facebook page, I think. But this is basically a clay figure. It's kind of weird on the, showing it on the camera, but it's a clay figure that demonstrates the pain aspect of fibromyalgia. So I built this out of clay with some wire. I obviously used grass and, and watercolor to to paint it. But when you look at it very carefully, you can kind of you know people people look at it and they can kind of empathize with the pain that's depicted they don't necessarily feel the pain because i can't physically walk in somebody else's shoes but you know looking at something like that and and, and experiencing a shock oh my god this this is this doesn't look comfortable that's what i'm trying to do and i think that's the kind of the the, the element that i'm taking out of the creative um, journaling that natalie sets up so i'm using that as an opportunity to basically just refine and learn different kinds of techniques so for me this is learning about the artistic element of 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 creation because that's something that i haven't really done in the past so i'm using all of those you know different ideas from other people like you said they're not my original ideas they're not my original sort of techniques but i'm just looking at mm, okay a sculpture could do this a painting can do that a color yeah that, uh, it's uh, what i is very interesting is that you've taken journaling as a methodology yes absolutely it's a learning it's it's learning <laughs> yeah so you've taken it as a methodology and like i would use um interviewing or some other people might use a questionnaire yes. um you've taken journaling as the methodology and the whereas sometimes we would use um so um, I'm trying to think of the correct uh, academic terms because I've been uh, I've been out of the academia for a little while, like five years or so. So I would be doing um, I'd look at the dialogue and see the patterns. If I were doing um, uh, interviews and I'd be doing unconstructed interviews, so I just start a question and then let people yes. talk. And I would look at the patterns in that dialogue um, in order to find the pattern that I'm looking for. You're using journaling as the way to gather the information and then the patterns are some of the outcomes of these of these sculptures and art forms that are then be having allowing other people to to um yeah reflect on and say yes that is how i feel on letting other people in they're making a window to let other people in as well so so in a way yes not quite but yes yeah. so how, how it works um, most of the time is that I get participants to use materials or objects rather. So mm. I, I do have conversations and interviews with them. Um, the journaling is is me journaling, not them journaling. Right. Oh, okay. So, I see. So, so you're I, journaling. I have a number of different kinds of journals that that are doing all sorts of different things for me, <laughs> yeah. um, where where I keep notes of you know like readings and and of conversations, of interpretations, analysis. But what I asked We're all terrible, aren't we? We're just walking around with piles of journals all the time. We've gone back to old school. Um, it reminds me of those pictures of um, children going to school with their books all bound up in paper and string. We're, we've gone back to the paper and string and we have to walk around with our journals instead of what we've become more commonly seeing people walking around with a laptop that's right yes we're now gone back to no you're going to see me with a laptop and piles of journals which i think is just if that's a if that's an outcome where people start writing down and recording their thoughts and feelings more and starting being more cognitive about what's what they're feeling and starting to um get back in tune with how they feel because I know myself when I'm talking to clients you know when you say well how does that feel they're like uh I don't know and you say okay so where where do you feel it is it hot is it cold is it heavy is it light etc and you and you're like now can we put a name on it and we can only name about six or seven feelings now whereas you know our body is receiving in up to 10,000 thoughts every day there must be more than five or six feelings that we're feeling and the journaling because we're writing things down enables us to be more cognitive 
about how we are feeling and interpreting, as you say, um, and, it, and it's enabling you. So, Natalie, yes. Yeah, that's where collage are really good, I think, because you, I talk I about clinical, we had an hour conversation about that. You look through magazines, very simply, looking through magazines or books or things, and you pick up all the different faces that express something. You see in magazine models or articles, features about anything, you see every single bit of expression coming out one way or another. You've got historical people, you've got very sad people, or, and, and people relate to things that already exist. I do, anyway. Mm. And I absolutely use I use this a lot and I look through and I pick up what what fits my mood today and I put that in could be uh, anything really I love I love the um, there it's easier it's easier mm. I love the collage concept because as you say it's accessible as well sorry so yeah so I agree with what Natalie is saying I'm taking that a step further by actually asking people to find objects to represent their emotions and their experiences uh -huh. because you know things like arts drawing painting even collage people kind of see the aesthetics in that and they want the collage to be pretty or beautiful and they want the painting to be accurate and representative of the truth and the reality and i know that natalie was saying earlier that that is not necessarily the point but if you ask somebody in the general public to draw you a circle everybody is going oh it's going to be eggy it's not going to be round it's going to be oval whereas if you give them you know give them an object and tell them to find a, a representation of a circle they are quite happy to take anything for that so for example um i, I use a lot of um, lego work as well so i work with lego models and when i tell people to build a circle they will have a go at it they will not turn around to me and say i can't build a circle a round thing out of square bricks they will still just do it and this is where, where yeah. object work and the Lego modeling work takes the aesthetics out of what would usually be considered art, you know, the collaging and, and the drawing and painting. Yeah, I, I was just seeing if we'd gone live on Facebook to see if there was anyone wanting to um, add in anything over there, but I cannot find our video. So I'm assuming that that link is still not fixed by Crowdcast. So we will be uploading this for people to watch afterwards so they'll be uh, so they won't be able to ask us questions now but they will be able to ask us questions on facebook so that's interesting so um natalie what do you have to say um have you i love the idea of using lego again it, it just brings um it brings up all those childhood memories doesn't it of and and isn't it funny because we all draw as children and yet we say we can't draw yes. we all use lego well most of us use lego yeah. um, as kids and and we're not intimidated by that what is it about a pencil that we're intimidated about no, no i think the pressure comes uh, from thinking that it has to represent reality yes. well yes and that's not the case yeah that's true it's isn't it because we're, when you play with lego it's playing and the word playing is very firmly attached. Yeah. The minute you start picking up a pencil as an adult, people seem to think that you have to be perfect. Oh, yeah. But we're still playing and we're still practicing. Yeah. And I I drew that picture of my puppy. And, and I thought I used to be um, very good. You know, I was top of the class at art. That was my, you know, I was good at that. And uh, that and history. And um, and I was really intimidated by my own brain about I'm yeah. going to draw this picture. No, you're not going to be any. It's not going to be any good. Yeah, well, that's. And I was like, pressure. Just start, Leslie. Just crack on and just get on with it. But then I, you know, obviously, I'm very aware of how our brain limits us and how our brain will bring up old stuff, even old stuff that didn't even happen to us, but maybe happened to our parents or our parents' parents, because obviously evolutionary, that's all passed down the line to us in our socialising and our culture and our upbringing. And so I'm very aware of the fact that old stuff will be coming up and trying to stop me um, doing those things now. But uh, uh, most of us aren't. 
most of us are just on that, starting on that journey, aren't we, of self-discovery and working out how to um, sidestep all those limitations so we can, you know, walk around them and and actually get on and do the things we want to do. So it is it's, it is the connotation of play as a, a, a and then the connotation of something that you should be good professionally good at. Yes, well, that, that, that's part Ridiculous. of the uh, learning thing. So it's like you know, doing the uh, whatever it's called, the notes on the piano. Yes, uh, and it's practice, and you learn techniques, and that's the difference I make between techniques and and your own artistic expression. You use one to access the other, but it's not. And some, uh, and that's why uh, I saw Vincent, for example, does uh, his beautiful drawings he put on. Yes, he does. So do you mind, um, Natalie, if, if we, we, we drop you, we'll, we'll, we drop you we'll drop you back onto the, um, into the ether yeah. and we'll invite Vincent up to show us some of his daily drawings, if that's all right. I have loved hearing about your PhD thesis. And, and doesn't that just verify that nothing is random? Because PhD appeared in my brain and I felt like I needed to say it. And immediately that's what you were. And I had no idea, Natalie, uh, Nicole had just finished her PhD. That was not pre-planned. We didn't talk about that in the green room. Everyone can testify. I was not aware of that. So that just proves that nothing in life is random. If you need any proof at all, there it is on your screen. So lovely, Nicole. Th uh, thank you so much. And we'll speak to you again a bit later. Thank you. All right. Thank, Thank you. Bye. Bye. Right. So we're going to now pull up. Vincent, are you ready? We're going to pull Vincent up onto the screen. We've just got to find him. I bet he's down. <laughs> He'll be down here somewhere. Where are you, Vincent? Um, yeah, you see, he says, I've been painting all my life. Well, that's practice. When you yeah. do it again and again and again, you, you master the Right, technique. Vincent, you are not showing on my list of people that I can um bring up on the screen now why is that where are you you're hiding you're hiding at the moment so unless my eyes are really deceiving me you're not on my list i know you're there <laughs> i just can't find you at the moment i'm going to try here um i'll try in a different way let's see if i can bring you up in a different way no, that's not working. Hmm, how odd. Right, let's um so yeah. It's just not showing you as someone I'm allowed to bring up on the screen right now. But you did want to bring up Fran White as well, didn't you? So I'll invite Fran up on the screen for now. And um and I'll keep looking for Vincent. Vincent, I it's amazing. You're hide you're hiding properly hiding and I don't know why but I've invited Fran up here she is here's the lovely hey, Fran hello hey. Fran I'm sorry about, I'm sorry about Vincent I, didn't I know I don't know why we'll have another look in a minute and see whether I can get Vincent up on screen but at the moment the um the technology is not allowing me to do so and uh, and it's all new isn't it all this technology so we just have to um go with it so um Fran has also, she was one of your early adopters. I love that yes. phrase. She was an early adopter of the journaling. And, and, and you've got very into it, Fran, haven't you? You found it very... Um, I find it very easy. Easy. Yes, yes. So, Natalie, what was it particularly that you have responded to in Fran's work? Well, it's the, it's the uh, instant... Uh, what's the word? The spontaneous how spontaneous it seems to be and all yes. those things that you throw on the pages i like that and that's why it's completely different work from uh, from vincent you see so talking about how the different ways people throw things on the page there are very there are two very good examples of that but i'm more interested maybe in hearing what you have to say Fran, about that because i see your pictures but we don't know each other so Hi, hi. I'm delighted to be part of the journal. Um, I'm getting I'm getting feedback here. Turn your um, if you turn your for me it's it's a very useful time to collect stuff together. 
and I keep on seeing stuff, piles of stuff. I'm just going to unplug something. There we are. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. I've, I've found piles of stuff, and I think, oh, I use that. Oh, I use that. And I find I get it into the studio, and then I put it down, move it around, stick it down, super glue, sticky pads, whatever. <laughs> so I, I think I'm going to throw something away, and I think, no, I can use it. Yes, yes. And so it, it's very, um, it's uh, yeah, impulsive, intuitive. Yes, yeah, so it's not a cognitive um, process at all. You're not thinking well, and planning. You are very much instinctively responding to the day and what's around you. Well, I'm only, I'm only thinking, oh, I could use that. I won't put it in the bin. Yes. I like yeah. the corn. I think it's good in the top. Yeah. So there's a bit of thinking. Yeah, there's a bit of thinking, but mainly it's responding to the things that are around you, which when we're in isolation is a great way to be, isn't it? It's a great way to, to take the pressure off and say, instead of always, we're very much a consumer society now and we're looking outside of ourselves to consume and to, and to find things. But actually, this is, this is a, a really good time to look in and go, what have I got in, in me in here in my home environment and and start to give our brain the idea that we have everything we need we have everything we need we have a lot more than we need yeah and if we can stop over consuming that would be just one of the most amazing outcomes of this um experience i have to say though a still in my brain is um pretty much one of the first things that Natalie said today, which was when I was walking around Paris. And if someone says, I can't go and walk around Paris anymore, mm. my life will probably be over at that point. I do. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that for me is not um, a non-essential um, consumption or non-essential travel. I, you know, it's, there are some things in life that uh, that make life worth living. But I think we have gone into this hyper-consumerism stage, which was using up all of the planet's resources, which we really need to get a grip of ourselves and stop doing that. We don't need so much. And we um, and if this time triggers a, uh, a look inside and to understand that we have enough, we have enough um, stuff and that we can reuse it and we can respond to it in a different way and we can present it. And the journaling definitely is something that um, is embedding that ha new habit, I think, in, in me and obviously in Fran as well, is embedding the habit that, you know, I don't need to go on the internet and speak to Mr. Amazon and give him another 14 million pounds. I, I, don't, I don't use Amazon. I don't know how to drive it. I don't use it at all. I probably have got it somewhere in this house, somewhere in a box, somewhere in a cupboard. It's yeah. going to be here. I just got to find it and um, having the time to find it. I know Amazon are doing a thing now where you, if you go smile Amazon, then they do give some of the money to charity. But it's just another way of getting you to buy more stuff, isn't it? And spend more money. And I'm trying very much not to do that. So I know that Fran is also doing the while the kettle boils um, sketch, aren't you? Which is again giving your brain the idea. Yeah. Here we go. It's very interesting because I, I don't know if I could draw them. If you ask me to draw it without, um, you know, I look at the kettle each time and I draw it. I've never thought of trying to do it looking away. So, yes. Sorry. Yes. So you do it and you're not looking at it. No, I look at it every time. So ah. I could try not looking. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, so you've got how many, because we were doing a, we're on competitive journaling now. I've got four. How many have you got? Well, I've got. <laughs> you've uh, got about 104. Yeah. I've got so I'm more in my front. studio. I use two eight books anyway. One, one of which I showed um, Natalie about this basket. Yeah. So um, 
I've got I saw that your conversation yesterday, and that's another name I have such a problem saying. How do you say that? Basquit. Basquet. Basquia. 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 I oh names. I have a problem remembering them. And sometimes I have a problem pronouncing them. So basket. And I saw the two of you having a conversation on um, the Kent Creative Social Social Journaling pay uh, group. So it's a an open group, isn't it, Natalie? So anyone can join. Um, you just have to stick to the the rules of the game, really. And so if you could just tell us quickly the rules of the game. Yeah. Well, initially it's to keep a journal, so a notebook or an old book. Uh, on which you cover the pages with things. It doesn't have to be every day. It's not a diary. Uh, mm. You can do several a day or nothing for a week. It really doesn't matter. But the idea is to stick to a paper journal. But some people are posting other things that are not on notebooks, but they are still some kind of art journaling. So we allow them. Yes. Uh, the idea is a book because eventually, I'm seeing all these lovely things people are doing. It would be really interesting to show them somehow later on. Yes, uh, we, you and I were talking about that, weren't we? About yes. the potential for an exhibition. And I think, so, oh, the idea of that, you know me in exhibitions, I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, but we'll see what happens. But if, yeah. I mean, there are different options. Which could be digital, could be, they could be mm. reprinted and do some facsimile, could be an exhibition. We'll I think there's just the so many ideas, aren't there, that are possibilities yeah. with it. So, Fran, we're going to say goodbye to you because Vincent has yeah. worked out how yeah. to go live yeah. now. <laughs> so we're going to bring Vincent up next. Thank you, Fran, so much. Thank Bye. You. Nice to meet you, Fran. <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, now I've worked out how to find Vincent. Yeah, I think it was probably just enabling something um, on his screen. So he'll be here in a minute and um to join us because um vincent's been doing a draw uh, um his drawings of the things that here he is hello ah, here we go <laughs> hello so i don't Vin know vincent either you so, so vince vincent um matthews natalie banex and um vincent has been doing a drawing a day of all of the things that you've encountered in the day so we've had a, a laptop haven't we and you might need to turn your um uh speakers down because i can hear myself talking in the background of your yeah so just turn them down a little bit and then that's why i'm wearing these stupid headphones today <laughs> because it means that there isn't um feedback in the room i'm going to get some smaller ones <laughs> so i can i had to take my earrings out look it was terrible I had to take my and they're really pretty as well but they had to go so vincent has been doing a drawing a day so maybe you can show us some vincent of what you've been doing yes i basically took the concept of drawing something an everyday object whether it's in the house or in the garden because i can't go out sketching which is what i love doing and drawing is part of who i am it makes me feel connected and it's how i relate to things i've been drawing before i could talk as you know because i was born deaf um, so it makes you look, it makes you think about what you're drawing and you take it in much more. I used to be a keen photographer, but I found now I very rarely remember the camera. I prefer to take the sketchbook and sit and sketch it. So I started off with just a simple, oh, let's do a drawing and it evolved into, um, that was what I was doing that day. I was doing a lot of drawing work, a lot of design work, detailing. So that's, uh, there are two objects from my daily routine and then the next day i was doing a similar thing that i was doing uh some drawings i work for myself from home oh yes there's that um there's the rubber thing i was intrigued by that last week about the rubber guard so you can actually just rub a tiny little area out in one yeah. and the razor shield that i've had since 1978 <laughs> when you were two uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then that so I was doing a lot of design work then so I wasn't hugely impacted because I didn't work on my own um, but the work is starting to tail off now and uh, you know, and then that I usually oh, have, a, I have a cleaning lady normally and, and I did, don't have one now because she's locked up in her flat so I, I have to get the vacuum out I've, I'm paying the children 
Labour. I'm paying Charlie to Hoover. Um, I've got, oh, sorry, Ted's sitting next to me, having a little dream. <laughs> <laughs> Ted's not doing anything apart from making me go for a walk every day. Um, so, yeah, I know the Hoover, we're reunited with all these, like, I'm having to buy, because normally my cleaning lady brings all her own products and everything. So I'm like, oh, we've got nothing. <laughs> I have to buy cleaning products and everything. Well, it's quite interesting how confused Envy got with me doing the vacuum cleaning. He doesn't like the machine very much anyway, but he was following me around everywhere. He was most baffled. <laughs> He's like, that's not your job. It's, it's below your pay grade. And then I got out into the garden. I started lopping some of my overgrown hedge and uh, cutting back a tree until my bin got full up. And um, show us the commentary because you write something as well. It's not I just do. I, write, I, like I actually write about my experiences yeah. of the day. Yeah. So that's connected to it. Yeah. But there's also other things uh, like walking a dog in the morning and there's no one there. You yeah. might see someone on the other side of the field. And my dog's very social and he, he doesn't understand social distancing at all. So he gets most upset and he starts yeah. leaning into me like a child for a cuddle. Um, so it's all of those sorts of things. And, Ted doesn't uh, get social distancing either. It's been a struggle with that one. <laughs> you can't explain it to him, can you? No. And then and I, I got round to doing the first cut as well in the summer. Uh, the grass was long. Um, but then I described again what I was doing that day. Um, this is a bit like the Lego as well, isn't it? Because all of these objects that you're recording in your journal are so familiar to us, like the Hoover and the Flymo and, and the and the Protractor and what have you. They're so familiar to us um, that they bring up the our emotional responses to that object as well as thinking about what you were doing at that time. It's so multifaceted. Well, I'm a great believer that there is beauty in everyday objects that we all take for granted. And also, as someone who's a designer, people forget that everyday objects you use, someone's had to sit and use their brain and think about it and design it. So yeah. It's a whole thing with me. Um, and then that was Easter Sunday, chocolate bar and coffee. That's the one time of the year I allow myself a chocolate bar. Let me think, I'm going to have a drink. So when you put your pictures up in the evening, we know what you've been doing during the day. That's, really That's it. <laughs> but for this great reminder, and then this got quite late in the day. I've been doing a lot of design work. So, and I'm an interior designer, interior architect. So I sat in my sitting room. I did it very, very quickly um, with the TV on um, and uh, did a drawing of my sitting room. Isn't it good? So it is a bit like, you know, we're, we are social, social isolating, but we're not really social distancing. I think we, we touched on this previously. We are, I feel more connected to people. Um, it's only the physicality that's missing. Actually, I feel more connected with people now. I'm seeing, I'm getting to know more interesting nuances of their life and how their mind works and, um, about what connects them to their daily lives and their past etc by being told to stay home and um have to find a new way to interact with people i actually feel that i feel more connected to everyone i agree I, I actually on whatsapp i'm hearing almost every 10 minutes i get a ping from a member of my family so we've got this yeah. conversation going through the day because they're all working from home, yeah. uh, whereas for me it's normal. Um, and then, of course, my friend Nick and I, we FaceTime each other twice a week. Yeah, um, Nick's so, here, um, yeah. And, um, I'm, and I did see that he was, he was trying to go under the cover of darkness to steal chocolate from somewhere. Always, oh, yeah. always trouble you, Nick Rowlands, trying to steal chocolate <laughs> from everyone. <laughs> Mischief is his middle name. Yeah. All this is also that before this forced isolation, we would meet people quite naturally. We, I mean, most of the time in our social life, we don't really think about it. It's just natural to go and see people. Mm. When now, because we can't and we are sort of deprived or something, we are making more of an effort and it shows that we are desperate for human contact. Yes, so I'm absolutely. I'm hoping that we will be evolving in something positive afterwards, but we miss it. 
And uh, yeah. there might not be the physical connection, but I miss the physical connection very yeah. much. That's not at all natural to walk away from people in the street, for instance. I don't like that at all. No, I, I bumped into a Chris who's watching. So I had to go and pick up some vegetables from my mum from the local farm shop yesterday. And Chris, who works for me and is my friend, was there. And we had to stand on the opposite. And normally I would hug her and, and I had to stand on the opposite side of the car park. And I just wanted to leave. It felt so uncomfortable that I couldn't go up and give her a hug. that I just wanted to get in my car and leave because it just made me sad. Whereas if I am between a screen or I'm on a telephone, I don't feel the urge. I know. Yeah, I don't feel the urge to go and hug someone. So therefore, I'm not feeling dissatisfied. Whereas when I stood literally eight feet away from her, I felt this intense, overwhelming, emotional upset that I wanted it to end. I didn't want to put myself through that anymore. I know no, I have to leave because this is too upsetting. I'm overwhelmed by the, the fact that I can't just go up and, and hug her. And so it, actually I find it easier to speak to people on the screen when I'm not allowed to touch them. I agree with that because actually being deaf, when I've actually seen people in my village, we're having to talk from one side of the street to the other, which is not easy for me. Mm. And then when I went to uh, to a pharmacy to get some hay fever stuff a couple of weeks ago, um, I couldn't understand a word was being said because they were in masks. I can't lip read them. Yeah. Yes. So it's incredibly isolating. That <laughs> yeah, point. and that's very isolating. So this new medium that we're developing of being able to speak on screen and have these weekly um gatherings is absolutely essential and what i'm going to do as well um so we've done we've trialed this for april yeah and i love your boot look at, look at the boots um we've trialed this for april and i think it's gone really well and we've had some really fascinating guests and thank you so much for being our guest today natalie it's been absolutely brilliant thank you, thank you. um and i hope lots more people join the social journaling and the creative journaling cult that we're, <laughs> that we're now developing and um and then we'll see what comes out of it on the other side whatever does come out of it is what's meant to come out of it and that'll be exciting another thing as we were showing them it's the smell <gasps> That's yes. right, because I will turn it the old pastel, acrylic, pencils, oh, yes. they all Absolutely. smell differently mm. and it's a pleasure to go through. So just for this, it's the concrete, real physical stuff. That, it's uh, quite, yeah. I found doing this is quite addictive. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is addictive. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? They say it takes 21 days to make a habit. Yeah, here we go. And, and we've been doing this now for nearly five weeks and um and we're definitely now habitual so i definitely get very upset if i haven't done my journal and i get very upset if i haven't done my daily meditation it, it just discombobulates me so i'm going to just drop you off the screen um vincent thank you so much and we've, got, and we've got a couple of questions before we wrap up so uh yeah i'll speak to you later Right, so Natalie, we've got a couple of questions up on the screen here. So the yeah. first one is um, from Fran, and it is, have you always worked with art journaling or did you start with this lockdown? Well, no, I started uh, about five years ago when I went to Paris with my friend Julie Holder. She got me into it, so I did it alongside oh, yeah, her. And that is what made me think, mm, I like the process. And since then, I've been, so I must have about a dozen at the moment. Okay. So I need to, Vincent, I've got to bring you back up on screen because the next question is for you, Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> so we need you back here just for a minute so we can ask you this question. So sorry, we went too soon because Emma has said, what pens do you use, Vincent? I use a number of different things. I use, uh, use Stadler Lumograph pencils. Uh, if I'm using pens, I, I do like using Stadler pigment liners, um, but I've also been using, uh, see if I can find them here, they're somewhere, here they are, I've been using these too, it's a fantastic, they're fountain pens, that's a, that's a point two and that's a point five that Urban Sketches use, the only boring thing with that is you can't use it before you put watercolour wash on because it smudges, so I sometimes do a combination of pencil and this and then watercolour wash. Okay, so can you show us the um, 
the show us the pencils again that you use. The pencils that I use are these. They are the best. Forget Derwent and all of those. They're gritty, they're smudgy, and they're annoying. <laughs> these are stable. They're amongst the best pencils you can get. So okay, they're, they're, Stadler, are they? they're Stadler, they're Stadler, are they? They're Stadler, they're Lumographs. Stadler, Mars, Lumographs. Lumographs. Ah, oh, there you go. Hopefully that answers your question, Emma. And uh, we've got another question here. Um, and it's from, um, I don't know who this, is, who this is directed to, so you can both answer it. What's your favourite part about journaling? So, Vincent, if you go first, what's your favourite part about journaling? My favourite part was is actually um, is is finding. It's quite a challenge, but finding the object that describes my day, and sitting there and observing it and sketching it, um, it then brings it all back into focus. And then when I write my text underneath, it all relates, and, and that's what I like. Is it links through with what I'm saying in the text. So it's kind of grounding. Yes, it's very it's grounding. Very grounding cathartic. Yeah. Ground your day and it's cathartic. That's interesting. So Natalie, what's your Well my favorite part is well it's favorite might not be the best, but it's um it's the exploration of both the world around me, other artists' work and my own things that come out of it. Because when I start I with a piece of artwork, I mean, sometimes you sometimes know what you want to do with a journal. I don't at all. I just open it and I start with something and see what comes out. So and it's this, quite adventurous. Exploration, I really like. It's making visual notes and then discovering it and referring to it afterwards. I go back into previous journal and find, and, and that is a collection of ideas that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So that uh -huh. I might um, use later or not, I don't know. But the exploration is the most exciting. I also found today I was using mine to describe my dream. I'll be having very vivid dreams. Uh -huh. I post up on Facebook and I'm getting a lot of people saying the same. Yes, and that's our, that's our um, minds playing tricks with us, posting up memories, because we are doing things that are unusual. So I'm just going to drop you um, back off the screen, Vincent. Okay. But thank you very much. There we go. So, um, yeah, the, the dreaming is a really interesting thing because we are messing up with our brain mechanics at the moment because we're not doing, we're not behaving normally. Mm -hmm. So our brain is going, what are you doing? You normally do this every day. And for the first couple of weeks, first 21 days, it goes, oh, you know, that's all right. We'll just carry on accepting that it'll probably go back to normal and just carry on. And then now our brain is going, well, hang on a minute. This must be the new normal. So it's going to chuck loads of stuff at you. It's going to chuck me. I had a dream about my wedding um, about two nights ago. It felt like a time warp. It was really weird because I'd posted up a picture of my younger self because there's a thing going around. So post up a picture of your younger self. Yeah. It's the only one I could find. And then my brain went, well, things are really all over the place. I don't know what you're doing. So I'm going to just chuck you a load of dreams about the day you got married. And believe me, it was a long time ago. I haven't had those memories for a while. So, yeah, that's just our that's just our brains trying to get us back into old patterns, trying to pull us back into old patterns and bring up old memories, which is interesting. Have you had dreams as well? You know, bizarrely, I don't remember them very well first thing in the morning. I'm no. not practicing if I, I just let them go. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, um, I think as I I'm hear practicing... you can't remember if you make the effort to remember in the morning, but I don't, I have to say. Mine come back because I do meditation in the morning oh, and in the evening, yeah. and they come back to me during the meditation. That's generally when they come back to me yeah. um, in the morning. I think. They come back to me in like little flashes and i'm like oh yeah i remember that now that was you know that was a dream yeah we're all different aren't we oh, yeah. we're all different and we're all um wired differently and we've all had different experiences to get us to hear and that's what makes us also fascinating oh, yeah. and makes us yeah. respond to experiences in a different way and it's lovely to see everybody's unique take especially the creatives amongst us i hope us creatives are giving some joy to people who haven't had that in their in their everyday lives um, up until now yeah. 
Um, but thank you so much for yeah, joining me. You, uh, it's been it fascinating lovely. and I've really enjoyed it. Another, well. another great broadcast. And so we're coming to the end of the broadcast for April. So what we'll do is we'll start them up again in May and we'll have some more guests. And um, I don't know who they're going to be yet. <laughs> they kind of pop up to me during the week and the week before it's like oh that would be a perfect person to invite on to chat about something and um, and they're becoming quite a thing and we're really enjoying it and then the other thing I'm going to be doing for pure members so anyone who is a member of pure you know we have a membership Natalie um, because we do regular workshops and we do in normally in the real world we do regular exhibitions and we do regular workshops we're going to be doing something called um uh, first Friday, which is for all our members, they're going to be able to join us. And we're just going to do a series of events during the day on every first Friday. And we'll probably keep that going even after lockdown, because it looks like it could involve wine and cake. And oh, wine and cake. Really? I mean, therefore, there's definitely going to be something. Oh, in that that cooking. Will, uh, <laughs> I might cook. I quite like cooking, so but I and I also quite like wine. So I think there could be some wine and, <laughs> wine and cake involved on the um, first Friday. So you'll hear more about that on Facebook and um, and in our newsletters. We send out our newsletters every couple of weeks. So thank you so much, and thank you, thank thank you. you everyone for joining us. And I hope you've all had um, a lovely uh, experience with us today and enjoyed our chatty. Uh, we do have these lovely chambles, as Miranda calls them, the chatty rambles. We never quite know. They're not pre-planned. We don't do any practicing. We didn't do any practicing, did we? <laughs> no rehearsal went on. So um, it's very spontaneous. And that's what I love about it. It's all very live and real. Mm -hmm. And you're getting very much, uh, you know, as we respond to each other. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, same time, same place next week, everyone. Yeah. Yep. and um, keep going with the with your journals and if you want to you can become a member of natalie's group kent creative social journal on facebook okay. just send her a please can i join and i'm sure she'll welcome you in and um and then we'll see where this goes at the end mm, absolutely we'll talk again we'll talk again yeah. all right thank you all so much i'm going to end the broadcast now and it looks like the live stream didn't work again i'm not sure why that's not working that's something to do with crowdcast not to do with me so we'll post this up as a video and everyone will be able to watch it and if you want if you're watching this on catch up i say they say this on the telly don't they yeah. <laughs> if you're watching this on catch up don't vote because we're not live yeah. <laughs> the next, the TV <laughs> and um but what you can do is if you've got specific questions for natalie or me or vincent or nicole you can send them to us on the comment stream and we'll make sure that they get answered all right thank you everyone thank you so much natalie thank you, and we'll see you soon all right you take too. care bye bye, bye. bye.